Warning, the episode you are about to listen to most likely contains graphic language, details of violence and murder, and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. What is up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of Murder With My Mother, the true crime podcast where I talk murder with my mother. Except her mother's not here. Just kidding. <laughs> hey. Well, you won't be soon. So. It's true. So, not we... in, like in a morbid way or anything. <laughs> but if you remember from last episode, she is going on a Southeast Asian vacation. I'm so excited for you. It's super exciting. I'm just trying my hardest not to catch any kind of COVID before I have to go away. So. Yeah, that's probably good because it's just a fucking hassle when you're traveling. Well, it's a hassle. And well, imagine and, you yeah. get somewhere and they're like, oh, you have to stay quarantined in a hospital for 10 days. Honestly, that's why right now it's not like not to fucking <laughs> shit on your parade or whatever, but it's not a good time to travel because of all this. It's like, especially because every country you go into has like different rules about it. Oh, yeah. And I actually just found out which. I mean, not like I have money to go anywhere right now, but I just found out because they lift the vaccine mandates on Friday, which here in Canada, British Columbia, in BC. Yeah, we're like the last province, I think, to do that. But I just read that they're not lifting any of the mandates for air travel. Like you have to be fully vaccinated to travel anywhere. No, you don't. So you can travel. See, why do they make it so confusing? No, it is confusing because I've looked it up a lot. It's all based upon each airline and each arrival destination. So, but what about coming back into Canada? They can't say I can't come back to my no, country. No, you can right? come back, but it's just so if you're not vaccinated and say you want to go to Mexico, yeah, uh, it's not even worth it because when you get there, you have to quarantine for two weeks. Where, so, yeah, I mean, if you have if you rent an Airbnb <clears throat> on the beach, that would be nice. You can just quarantine there. Yeah, basically anywhere else. You would have to quarantine. A lot of places you have to quarantine, but some some countries are like fuck it, lift all the. They have no well, nothing. No because they also have no money. So yeah, and tourism is a huge, huge part of a lot of places. Like even Vancouver, like we have, like had no tourism. It's Did like you know so... that this year there's going to be more cruise ships than ever in Vancouver. Well, that doesn't seem smart. Remember the beginning of the pandemic when everyone's like, oh, everyone on board has COVID. I mean, whatever. Honestly, yeah, COVID's been fucking crazy, and it's sad because it did take, like, a lot of people's lives, but I think now it's just kind of, it's gotten to the point where it's something that I think we're going to have to live with forever, because I know right now they're on their fourth, they just announced the fourth booster, or the third booster. The fourth booster. The fourth. I have three already, but the, they're calling it an endemic now in many places, like, basically... The strain is going to change every year and I mean you think about there's a flu going around every year that's different from the year before because it mutates Mm -hmm. and I'm assuming it's going to be like that. Yeah. I'm not comparing it to the flu. I'm kind of watching what I say because I don't want to offend anyone (laughs) but I mean the fact of the matter is. That it's going to be around. So yeah, exactly. I'm just like, I'm traveling now. I'm not stopping to wait to travel. So if you guys hear this and then I got COVID in <laughs> Vietnam and Vietnam died. So. Well, don't do that. <clears throat> well, but. you just never know, right? Yeah, exactly. So we're just living each day as it comes and coming each day as it lives. <laughs> <laughs> 
there you go, everybody. My mother. My mother. But yeah, uh, what else has happened? Because we're two weeks. Mom's like, nothing else has happened. We only recorded two weeks ago. I was like, oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, obviously, another thing everybody's talking about, um, the slap. Oh, my God. The slap. I'm so tired of it. Well, I was I was saying the other day, like, everything that's happened in the last couple of years, I don't know if I'm just taking notice to it more, but everything has been so divisive. Like, every single thing is <laughs> Yeah, like, because everyone hates each other right now. Yeah, but it's like, what do you think of corona, COVID? And it's like, you know, some people are like, it doesn't exist. And some people are like, <laughs> like don't talk to me if you're not vaccinated, right? So there's there's that. And then it's like everything else that's happening like this the slap just for an example it's like okay either people think like yeah will you defend your wife and then other people are like what the fuck why would you go up and assault somebody in the (laughs) in front of the whole world at like at like a event that is like a classy yeah i'm a huge will smith fan and that made me not like will smith like I just, same buddy like i saw the picture of chris rock oh, in the so background sad. like when they showed the picture of him when i guess he didn't know they were filming him and he looked like he's gonna cry he looked so shaken and like because it's embarrassing super and like he didn't even know like what the fuck like what to do like nothing i just i don't know like, i wonder if the rock was up there presenting that award and he made that same joke because okay it's another thing too i read <laughs> i read an article from the hairstylist of G.I. Jane and they're like I don't understand why she's so they were so def- offended by that like this is a fucking badass haircut and I also watch Red Table Talk regularly and she had one episode because I didn't even know she had alopecia I knew that she shaved her head because she had this one episode where she said she had all these bald women on the show like like own your like you know just own it like yeah bad bitches bad bald bitches basically saying like take your power back and she said on the show you know i have started to lose my hair but it's not like she has like a patchy alopecia haircut like she has like a a nice buzz cut like you know amber rose has a bald head if she was were to get the same joke yeah if you can carry off a bald head like i know underneath this hair if you look at pictures of me before i grew hair at like three years old because i didn't grow any hair welcome to i look like a wavo head like an egg (laughs) my head is the shape of an egg exactly so i just hope i never have to shave my head or my hair doesn't ever fall if you shave your head i'll shave mine okay but you have a nice shaped head i'm just saying like if it ever came down to you having to shave your head i would shave mine too and my eyebrows. Let's do it right now. Oh, your eyebrows? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, that part. No, never mind. Because, like, your eyebrows are, like, a little, like, less oh my thick God. than mine. Eyebrows shaving is terrible. And I'll pluck off all my eyelashes. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're kidding. getting out of control. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm but I'll kidding. grow my armpit hair and my brows. Oh! <laughs> okay. <laughs> But yeah, no, I honestly, there's never, ever, ever an excuse to go up and assault somebody. Honestly, if he were to have yelled, like, I remember watching it, Carlos and I were watching it, like, why is it quiet? Like, what's, what? Like, was that script? Like, oh, like, probably I'm sure everybody else. Yeah. And then all of a sudden when he started yelling, like, with his, like, mouth quivering, like, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. It was like, oh my God. It's like, yeah, she, she, I don't know it it's just the whole thing but no never ever ever an excuse to go up and assault anybody ever like there is a couple reasons to assault people but like that was not one of them well and i think it also speaks to your maturity level because 
I would probably have thrown down with pretty much anyone for any reason, like, 20 years ago. Maybe, oh, probably a little bit less. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> but, you know, like, I would go up and... If you're losing your temper, oh yeah, to physically strike out seemed like an appropriate thing to do. But that's such a juvenile way to to do anything. Well, and also you have to think like Will Smith has been made um like they've basically made him into a meme. Everyone gets made into a fucking meme. But when that whole thing with August Alsina came out and he's doing his red table talk and it just became like there's that one meme where it's like him and then his face fades into. OJ Simpson like when you said you seen that one <laughs> yeah yeah but it, it's just you know obviously he just had enough in that moment and had like an emotional it was a breakdown I think we witnessed a breakdown live on television I believe it was a breakdown but I think he's subservient to Jada and that's why he's a cuck that cuck will that's another yeah. hashtag that's trending <laughs> if you guys know what cuck holding is but no, I mean, that's just my theory. I didn't get paid by any advertisers <laughs> of cocks to say it. It's just, no. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, again, everything in today's time is very, just splitting everybody into like this group versus this group. Like, what do you think of this? What do you think of you that? You literally can't go on the fucking camping website on Facebook and ask if it's okay to use a propane fire or everyone is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You want to use a propane fire? And the other people are like, oh, God, please use a propane fire. Like, it's like, yeah. it's super divisive. Dog vet group. Like, all these groups that are usually probably for people that have no life. Yeah, everybody has no life. Right yeah. Now, so so everybody's like fighting everybody. So today we are actually going to cover a, a weird case. A case that, I mean... Okay, this is a thing. Right now, everybody is dealing, and we've talked about this multiple times, everybody is dealing with mental health in some way. I think it's been brought more to the surface, more to the table than ever before. Kiana agrees. Yes. Yeah. You tell him, baby. Again, I feel just like a global pandemic will do that, right? I mean, stopping everything. No one's no one's certain of what's going to happen those of us that have dealt with mental illness for our whole lives are just, you know, whatever. We're just adapting. But, but then I also wonder if everyone was always batshit and we just didn't notice because we we're busy doing stuff and now we're just yeah. not. Well, the person who perpetrated the murder in this case that we're covering today, 1,000 trillion billion percent was dealing with mental illness. So mental illness comes up in this case. Um like a weird, uh, not phobia. What's the other thing? What's the opposite obsession. of a phobia? <laughs> An obsession. Um, yeah, there's just a whole lot of weirdness. Obviously, on Murder with My Mother, we have covered, I mean, psychopathy. We've covered different um, forms of murder. We've covered lots of stuff. So this one today is just, it's just. I, mean, I think it's a little like, different. It is different. So yeah. you guys will definitely know once we get into the nitty gritty details of this case that it is kind of fucking weird. <laughs> and did you guys know, well, you don't know, but now you know, that I didn't even know about this case until you told me about yeah, it. Yeah. And Same I'm as last, last, year, last week. Yeah. So I'm about to fucking give you some really weird <laughs> insight to this case because it's just, I don't know. It, there's obviously every murder has its own there's some murders that are like way more weird than other murders and this is one of them this is definitely one of those so 
with that, we will get right into episode 34, and we hope you guys enjoy listening. I thought it was 33, but... No, it's 34. Pretty sure. Fuck, let me go check. (laughs) It was November 10th, 2010 in Apple Valley, Ohio, which has such a nice name. You wouldn't even think anything bad could ever happen there. I picture it smelling like apple pectin. What? Like just smelling so good. It's apple apple pectin. It's like an apple-y smell. So good. Well, this place probably does smell like apples, but, and leaves. (laughs) But anyway, you guys will understand that as I get into it. But the manager at the local Dairy Queen had made, placed a call to 911 saying that one of her employees named Tina Herman, who was a 32-year-old single mother, hadn't showed up for her shift that day. And it was really out of character um, because she had two children to support and she was a great employee. So she had a 13-year-old daughter named Sarah and an 11-year-old son named Cody. So at the time, Tina actually was dealing with uh, having to move out of her current house because her and her boyfriend, whose name was Greg Borders, had kind of a rocky relationship. But she was just basically in the middle of trying to find her own apartment to move out with. Uh, her kids with her kids right to to leave her current situation and and leave so a deputy had actually went to the residence for a welfare check and from the outside of the house everything seemed okay nothing seemed amiss um there was it was kind of weird because the garage on the right side of the house in the front was ajar like it was open a little bit and on one side, like you could tell it was broken, but there was like just enough space for maybe someone to go into the house. But officers didn't see anything crazy. They didn't hear anything. And yeah, so basically it kind of was like, oh, we didn't see anything, but maybe she's she's gone. So the next day, the boyfriend of a lady named Stephanie Sprang, who was actually a, a friend of Tina's, called to say that she also was was missing. So that kind of made the officers obviously like, okay, both friends are missing. And then they found out that both of the kids hadn't shown up for school. So by this time, obviously authorities were pretty concerned, um, but they weren't as concerned as when that same manager actually went to Tina's house. They must have been pretty close. They must have, because I'm just thinking right now, like kudos to that lady for calling the cops, because if I didn't show up for work, no one would even do anything. No one even noticed for like probably two hours first of all yeah well like i said she was very <laughs> they would just assume that you <laughs> slept, maybe in slept in or, or had a migraine or whatever right not like call 911 no but anyway they got a second call police received a second call from the dairy queen manager and this time it was her saying that she had entered tina's home and there was blood all over the place mm. So inside the house, uh, investigators went inside and they found just exactly what she said. There was blood all over the place and not even just blood. Like there were three separate piles of like bleed outs. Like someone had bled like out. So three much separate blood people. that no one could have survived it. Yeah. Three separate people. Plus there was cast off marks all over the place. Like someone had been like, obviously they knew it was either someone was definitely murdered there, but it was either blunt force, stabbing, like, you know, it was some kind of very traumatic 
to homicide or something had happened. And when they went, actually, they followed the drag marks that came from each pile of blood and it led into the bathroom. And in the bathroom, you could tell in the bathtub that there had been at least four inches of blood inside the bathtub at one time. So obviously... A lot of blood. A lot of blood, but obviously being investigators, they had probably not seen too much stuff like that, but they had enough knowledge to know that it looked and appeared that people had been dismembered in the bathtub. So also what had happened is... As the police officers were walking around the house, they also saw that there were two separate foot impressions, like shoe impressions. And so two. So obviously there were three people that had obviously been murdered because there were three huge blood piles. But then they saw two separate impressions from two separate shoes. So they knew that, okay, two people walked out of here alive. Three people were clearly murdered. There's four people that are missing. There's Stephanie Sprang, the friend, Tina Herman, the mom, and then Cody and Sarah, her 13-year-old daughter and her 11-year-old son. So at this point, they obviously are thinking like, okay, is somebody with, you know, is this somebody that they know? Did somebody kidnap one of the kids? Um, are both of the kids kidnapped? Like, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, what's going on? So, after that, they obviously are looking all around the house. So, they determined because they found a... They found three bags, Kroger bags, which Kroger is a grocery store in the States. We don't have Kroger here. We don't have Kroger here, right? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, Chad Kroger. we don't... <laughs> <laughs> Look at this photograph. Yeah. Anyway, so, we just need a Nickelback. Who Nickelback knew joke secretly opened up a grocery store chain in the state yeah who knew so there was three bags that detectives found in the kitchen and inside there was a receipt saying a certain time so what it had looked like is somebody had basically ambushed um pretty much tina and her friend were at the house together so after speaking with um the boyfriend of stephanie they learned that like i said Tina was looking for her own apartment. So Stephanie actually took the day off to go and help her friend look at places so that her and her kids could move out. wonder if they were affordable there. Probably more affordable than then here. But who fucking knows because there's inflation all over the fucking place right now. So. so what had happened is they had narrowed it down and to a certain time. So then they knew that the kids came home from school at a certain time because they were actually at school that day. They just didn't show up the next day to school. So detectives searched and searched and basically at first, obviously, like we always talk about, they have to rule out the people that are closest to the victims. So right now they are unsure of who the actual three victims are and based on the shoes, they know that somebody else left that house. So obviously when you're in the middle of a breakup, that person's going to definitely be the number one suspect. That's just for any A hundred percent. Even if you're not in the middle of a breakup, even if you're in the happiest marriage ever, they need to rule out the partner, the significant other of the person that has been murdered. Or has been... Because right now these people are still missing. But they... Based on the blood and the evidence and the... Yeah. Somebody, three people, presumably have died and then been dismembered. Because of the bathtub 
findings, right? Yeah. So police also found a bag from the local Walmart in the garage. So the bag from the Walmart had two tarps and a bunch of other random stuff in the bag. But the receipt in the bag also showed for later on in that evening. So obviously they know that the crimes probably happened earlier. So who made this purchase of this bag? So what they do, because detectives are super smart, is they go and they go to the local Walmart. And they go to the day, obviously, that they believe that the murders had happened. And they go and they look for someone that made the purchase. So they watch the video cameras and they see a man on the cameras who's very familiar with the Walmart. He walks right to the aisles that he needs, obviously the tarps. And <laughs> he bought a huge knife as well. So it's like, okay. Well, also on his way to the till, he stopped at the dollar rack and he bought a orange and black camo t-shirt. Like, <laughs> like, duh, duh, duh. like literally if you watch this guy, he's shopping and he looks super calm, super cool, super collected. So that's the thing, right? Sociopaths, they don't have the same, like if I had just murdered somebody, which I wouldn't do, but if I had, I would be very like, you you could probably tell, right? If somebody that's not a psychopath. Yeah, you'd be feeling nervous and like Well, we have that fight or flight, or, right? Yeah. We have like that like fight or flight where you, you know, your adrenaline's pumping, but sociopaths and psychopaths, they don't have that. They don't have that same, they don't have that same like, emotion that we do like it would have to be it, they have it but it would be have to be really 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 high like really something for them that would be like like i said if you're a murderer and it just was circumstantial obviously it's going to be different than someone who suffers from either mental illness psychopathy something like that so they track down the man that made these purchases and it was 30 year old matthew hoffman so when they ran his name, they saw that he had priors in Colorado for burglary and for arson. So now, obviously, they're on the hunt for whoever is remaining with that person. Like, they are they need to find Yeah, they him. still got to figure it out. Like, who does he have? Yeah. So at this time, they were also able to narrow it down that it was, it was Sarah. It was the daughter that he had. So just based on some evidence that they put together. So at this time now, they're wondering, okay, was Sarah involved? Because we have heard that before in other cases where a young girl has actually been the perpetrator of the murder of her whole family, which, you know, there are some more famous cases in that. Which we're going to cover. Which we definitely will cover. And some actually Canadian cases that are, a Canadian case comes to mind that is horrible. But again, we will cover that one. But they had to narrow it down. Like, is she uh, is she being held hostage? Is she being held against her will? Has she been taken captive? Is she, is she alive? Involved? Exactly. So basically, time was of the essence to find Sarah. Matthew Hoffman was an out-of-work tree trimmer who lived less than half a mile from the crime scene. And like I had said previously, his rap sheet included burglary in Colorado and arson. So with Sarah's safety in question, obviously the investigators rushed to obtain a, they needed a warrant, but they didn't want to like let on that 
he you know let him know that he was like a suspect so they got something called a no-knock warrant which pretty much they can just bust your door down and get you oh but what happened is the SWAT team burst into Hoffman's home and apprehended him so they actually put off like flashbangs and smoke grenades and they rushed in and he was just sitting on his couch like like he was just sitting there holy fuck but the part about okay i did say he's a tree trimmer and we will obviously get into some details about matthew hoffman but what the investigators obviously okay he was it's hard to even describe it is it is because he was very like almost like what's the word catatonic But he couldn't have been catatonic because we know that sociopaths can't be catatonic because catatonic is an anxiety. That's when you just don't speak. But basically, he was just silent. But the thing that the investigators were more weirded out by was the fact that the whole house, it was an older house. It was over 100 years old. Yeah. And the thing is, like, we've heard of decor. And, you know, I go into some people's houses and I'm like, oh, fuck, it's like 1970 inside here. Or, you know, or 1980, or, oh, my God, this Want person. Want any names? No, I just, you know, multiple houses. You, or even if you look at people's pictures on Facebook, and you, <laughs> I don't really do it, but Carlos would like, oh, fuck, that house is so ugly on the <laughs> inside. But, you know, some people, they people decorate in different ways, right? Everyone to each their own. <laughs> yeah, but. But Matthew Hoffman, he had bags and bags and piles and piles. It depended what room you were in of leaves the whole house was covered the whole floor was not visible but the only thing you could see were leaves and we were i will definitely put a picture of this on the cover up for this episode because it is fucking weird as hell he had bags of leaves stapled to the walls. oh no bags from the floor to the roof yeah like walmart bags or you know grocery store bags of just filled with leaves. Leaves and leaves and leaves and leaves. And then piles of just leaves all over the house. So obviously at first, there's piles of fucking leaves everywhere. So the police are like going through the leaves. Like, if you can hear me, if anyone's in this <laughs> pile of leaves. Because they thought they were going to find multiple bodies under all those leaves. Well, it was deep enough. There were these leaves. It's like this guy had been collecting leaves for his whole fucking life. Like 30 years of leaf collecting. And I think he'd only lived there for like a couple of years. For not that long. And the weird thing is, he had previously just, I mean, I'll get into it, but he had a girlfriend. I wonder if she ever came to his house. Like, if, <laughs> if I fucking walked into someone's house and they had leaves everywhere, I would turn around. But detectives also found that there was a basement. So, obviously, after searching through all these piles of leaves, they couldn't find anything. They didn't find any bodies. They didn't find anybody in the leaves. So, they continued to search the house, which there were more leaves. So until they got to the basement, and once they got into the basement, well, you wouldn't have guessed, but they found more leaves, (laughs) but it was completely pitch black down there, and what they found was Sarah Maynard, so 13-year-old Sarah Maynard, on a bed of leaves, and she was in a, almost like a makeshift diaper, and she was bound by the like wrists and bound at the ankles, and she was just laying in there, and it's really sad because obviously... She had been through a lot of trauma. She didn't actually know that her brother had been murdered, her mother had been murdered, or her mother's friend had been murdered. But she asked if she was late for school. She asked the detectives, like, am I late for school? Like, she was obviously very, very, very shaken. 
Poor baby. Yeah. So investigators interviewed Sarah. She said that she and Cody came home from school and that she saw blood on the floor. She yelled for her mother and then obviously the stranger came out of nowhere. So he had a huge knife and Sarah just said that she ran. She ran and she locked herself in her bedroom and he broke through the door and he held a knife to her chest, blindfolded her and tied her hands. She said that he told her if he if she started screaming that she was going to get murdered, he would kill her. And so Sarah said that he brought her, he put her in a vehicle, not knowing. She said that she had heard her brother yelling, but she didn't know. And then all of a sudden she was being put into a vehicle and she was being taken to another place. So she said that he had left her there. And he had went back. So obviously he had murdered, you know, he he brought her and then he went back to, to clean up the murder or clean up, you know, to do whatever. So Matthew Hoffman, like we had mentioned, he had a previous conviction of arson. So two years after he graduated, he moved to Colorado and he burglarized some uh, a condominium complex. And then, because he went and he touched everything, like, I think that he had, um, like, OCD. I don't know if he was a little bit delayed. No, I don't, yeah. I don't know if he was a little bit delayed because his first thought, which, okay, maybe smart, maybe not, probably not, was, okay, I've touched everything in here after I've stolen. Now I'm just going to burn this whole complex down. Yeah, like, that's a bit extreme. Yeah, like, maybe just wipe your prints off shit you touched. I mean, I don't know. I've never well, had and to like, do that. The but cops don't usually give two shits about stuff that's stolen. No. And a lot of people don't even notice unless you take something that's really... And it, he was working at the complex. Like, he worked there. So he could be like, oh, I just touched it when I was working. Yeah, exactly. He had... But, but, but again, he, he went right to arson. He, and he went to arson like he poured two jerry cans full of gas. Yeah, ten... It's That's <laughs> ten gallons yeah. of gas, which is a lot of fucking gas. Yeah. Which I would love right now if someone would just give to me for free because gas is fucking Without expensive. Without the flame. Make sure it's premium. <laughs> So what he went to, because obviously that was his go-to, was actually after he disposed of the bodies, he went and he filled up some jerry cans and he returned to the house. But as he was about to go and burn the house down, that's the time when the officers were doing the welfare check. Oh, So an officer actually saw him there. And said, like, hey, man, you know, because actually the thing is, the house was pretty secluded. Like, it wasn't around a lot of other houses, which was actually the reason that Matthew had targeted this house in the first place. So, Matthew, when he was interrogated, which, (laughs) I don't know if you watched the interrogation tapes. There's four, two four-hour interrogation tapes. He doesn't say one fucking thing. He starts to move his hands and they're like, yeah, we don't speak sign language, buddy. Like, he was not speaking. But what they said to him was, if you tell us where the bodies are, what had happened. In Ohio, they have the death penalty. So they pretty much said to him, like they do a lot of the time, if you tell us the information we want to know, get these bodies back to the families, we will take the death penalty off the table. So, again, he was there to burn the house down because that's what he knows. And, I mean, it didn't work for him the first time. They obviously, he obviously didn't learn. But the police officer had actually been there to do the welfare check. So, they talked to him. They asked him if he had noticed anything suspicious. And he said no. He was just waiting for his girlfriend. And he used 
the girlfriend's name. Like he said, Sarah. I'm waiting for my girlfriend, Sarah. I don't know her last name. That's obviously suspicious, A, because you don't know your girlfriend's last name. And Sarah's the 13-year-old's name. And Sarah's the 13-year-old's name. I think maybe he possibly was a little delayed. He was, 1,000%. There's a lot of, obviously, speculation because people thought that he, because, again, he obviously took Sarah. While Sarah was being held captive, she was sexually assaulted. Um, But it was weird because the way he talked about it was almost like he protected her. He took really good care of her. They watched movies together and cuddled and, like, all this stuff. Gave her book. Yeah, like, just stuff that... Clearly, maybe you should have just left her alone and And not not murdered her whole family, family, right? So he, like I said, there's speculation because people think like, okay, did he do this to kidnap Sarah intentionally? Was this the plan the whole time? You know, because that is going to be a little suspicious. Well, they can't figure out a motive. No, there's no motive. So when he was giving his confession, what he said was that he planned this as a robbery. He planned this just to burglarize the home, to do a home invasion, and he picked it because it was far away from places and because the um, the garage was open. So there was a, he wouldn't have to break in. There was a nice little thing he could roll right in under the garage. He would be in. He would be out. And so Matthew Hoffman liked trees and the wilderness. Well, and another thing you got to mention, too, is that he didn't have a lot of money. No, that's why he was doing a home invasion. That's why he was doing the home invasion. And he also was doing stuff like eating roadkill. Well, this is the thing. He's a whack dude. Well, apparently, when he was young, he's always really liked to climb trees. The forest. He loved the forest. When he was living with his mom, he was uh, most of the time, like, you know, obviously, some people take longer to leave their mom's home. But he was... Like, he lived with his mom, like, he had cohabitated with his mom, but he was actually living outside of the mom's house in the forest. So, there is something called dendrophilia, which is a sexual attraction or affiliation to trees, which I have never heard, which is why I I said... Oh, (laughs) (laughs) there's a bunch of leaves in your pocket. (laughs) But no, so he also did stuff, like you said, he ate roadkill he really liked to eat squirrels. He was almost like a like a, like a survivalist, man, yeah. but he didn't have to be because he owned this home, but he just brought the outside in or whatever. So again, people were when when asked, people said that he was always kind of a weird guy. Like he was always always almost like like blank, you know, when you when you look at someone and it's like there's not much going on there, which I have seen a lot of people's eyes like that. Most of the time, they're people that are at on or need to be on antipsychotics. Yeah. You kind of see that, like, come a little bit back when they're on their medication. But when they're not on their medication or not properly medicated, it's like, you know, like, you can wave in front. It's, it's, yeah. It's some, it's very, until you experience it, it's not really something that you can, can vision. Yeah. Which is why I'm going to give you guys a really good <laughs> vision of it right now with my hands. But you can't see me because we still haven't made any videos. So pretty much he wrote everything out. He wrote everything out and said, this is where I have disposed of the bodies. So what Matthew Hoffman did is he put... This was actually the last thing he was holding on to. Like he, he told everything about what he did, everything about 
um, you know, what his intentions were, what he was trying to do, how everything went awry. He pretty much said he watched them leave um, in the morning at nine o'clock. They left for school and work and he went in and a couple hours later, he was in there for a while. Tina and her friend Stephanie surprised him and came home. And so he wasn't expecting that because he was saying it was just supposed to be a home invasion. There was not supposed to be any murdering, but he felt cornered because obviously if someone finds you in their home, they're going to freak the fuck out. And Tina looked like she could probably like hold her own. Yeah. Like she probably, if given the chance, if, you know, cause obviously he cowardly, he stabbed them because he was worried. And again, he looks like the kind of guy that was rationalized, like, just stab them. Like, it's kind of like, yeah. let's just burn this bitch down. Like, well, it's not... he, try he tried to uh, hit her with something. And yeah. He thought it would just knock her out, but it didn't work. So no. that's, that's what I mean. Like, she looked like yeah. a, she looked like she could, she was strong. And so. But not like G.I. Jane, though. No, don't call her G.I. Jane. But um, that was so fucking horrible. <laughs> I just see Chris Rock's poor, sad face. Oh. I know. So anyway, um. Yeah, he, he panicked. And so as he was dragging the bodies and trying to get rid of that, the kids came home. And so he had already murdered Stephanie. He had already murdered Tina. And and cut them up. And cut them up. And obviously, like Sarah had said, when she came in, she just ran, right? He had ambushed them and seen He came in at them with a knife. So she just left. She ran to her room. So he stabbed poor Cody, the 11-year-old 11 boy, and we know that he obviously kidnapped and um, incapacitated Sarah, put her in, took her somewhere else, and then did what he did to the bodies. But, like I said, he wouldn't give the location, and it wasn't for the reason that you think. It was because what he had done is he had gone to a tree, surprise, a surprise, a hollowed out tree that he loved. He probably went there and just masturbated at that tree. Like, I don't know his, what his connection directly might to the tree was. tree girlfriend. It might have been his tree girlfriend. <laughs> have you seen that weird obsession show? And there's one guy that, that has sex with his car. Uh, I've heard about it. But one I guy haven't. that has sex with a roller coaster. Oh, uh, like, a there's roller like, coaster? A roller coaster. Uh. <laughs> but anyway, he should have been on an episode of My Weird Obsession because this guy, I wonder if he, like, when you get slivers in your penis, what do you, you do? Like, what tree? do you do with the tree? Sorry. So he actually had to make a hoist. And because remember, he was a tree trimmer. That was his job, which oh, yeah. perfect fucking job for this guy. But he got all the black garbage bags with the dismembered body parts. And he made like a makeshift hoist. And he put all the body parts, all the bags inside this hollowed out tree. Up top. Up top, like a huge tree. Like they wouldn't have been found if he didn't confess where no, they were. No, 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 never. And the thing is, the reason he didn't want to tell them where the bodies were is because he didn't want them to destroy the tree. Cut down the tree. And he actually made them promise, which, I mean, obviously they're not going to follow and listen to the promise, but he was more worried about them, like, bringing the tree down or, or harming the tree than he was about the crimes that he had committed. And he did, in his interview, he does look very, like, it's almost like a, like a scared kid. Like, he looks like he's just, like, he starts crying, he starts all this stuff, but it's like, he's like, you know, I didn't know they were going to come home, so I just had to kill them, and then I didn't want to kill them, and I... I didn't want this, but it's when he, they talk about the tree part, it's like he starts getting <laughs> so emotional. 
That's really sad. It's sad because I'm it's like kidding. clearly <laughs> mental illness, right? Yeah. Like, and he even says like I've had thoughts in my, you know, I've always had felt this way. Like I've always felt this way, but I didn't ever want to tell anybody because once you t- talk about that stuff, you're labeled like that for the rest of your life. Like even one of his neighbors said that like she had like weird um, interactions with him. Like the dog would be barking and barking and barking. And he would just stand there and blankly stare at them. Like just weird stuff. But he also played with a lot of All the, the kids. kids in the, in trees, the trees. Yeah. Making like tree swings. And yeah. Stuff. Tree forts and tree swings. Imagine knowing you'd let that guy play with your kids after. No. After he murdered another kid. His girlfriend who he just broke up with oh. had a kid. But that's the thing, right? You know, we hear about murders, murderers who have never murdered anybody, but then they have all these triggers in their lives or they have all these, like, things that push them to to break, right? So obviously he went through, he was not had a lot of money, he was just gone through this breakup, he was all these things and that just Running kind of, behind on time. Yeah, so that just, yeah, running behind on time. That's a really good excuse. Um, but he just had enough, I guess, and he broke, and he just, uh, yeah, ambushed a whole entire family. Hey guys, it's Danica. I know you've heard our commercial of First Sense Dog Dry Shampoo, but now's your chance to get some for yourself and for your furry companion. Use promo code MWMM10 at checkout at www.firstsense.ca for 10% off your first sifter pack. These things are awesome. With the sifter pack, you can try all three scents, restorative cedarwood, purifying peppermint, and my personal favorite, Zen lavender. That way you can say goodbye to those stinky car rides home. I promise you and your fur baby are gonna love this product. Now, back to Murder With My Mother. So Matthew Hoffman ended up pleading guilty and he received life in prison because remember we said they took the death penalty off the table. So he is in prison for the rest of his life. And Sarah Maynard is actually really sad because she went to go live with her biological father and his new wife. And then you saw her doing a lot of interviews. Like she was on Dr. Phil. She was on like Today Show. She was on a bunch of interviews. But then later in 2013, the dad and his wife were both charged with domestic abuse and domestic assault for abusing Sarah. What the hell? And then it came out that he forced her to go on all these shows and do all these interviews for money. Oh, I know. Like, this girl didn't have it bad enough. But there was a big... Because actually, on one of the podcasts we were listening to do, to do this research is... Sorry, that was a mouthful. One of the podcasts and other things, um, they couldn't find Sarah Maynard. Like, she, thank, good for her, because she had obviously had enough press. But um, she actually did another interview for Twisted Killers, and she actually looks, she looks really good. She, she is, like, older now, and she was just talking about, talking about the ordeal, and obviously, um, I mean, it's very traumatic. You lost three of your I mean, two of your family members, one of your family friends, you were sexually assaulted, you were held captive by, like, the creepiest guy, and... And then your dad turns out to be... To be an abuser, and his wife was a see you next Tuesday, and, you know, it's just sad for her, so I'm glad that she's doing okay, so, yeah, 
that was the case of Matthew Hoffman. Well, the key, the murder of Cody Maynard and his mom, Tina, and the friend, Stephanie, and the subsequent abduction and everything of Sarah. And the weird leaves and honestly, just even talking about it, it's like, I, you guys need to see. So go Google right now, Matthew Hoffman, like leaf killer, and you'll see because it's super fucking weird. So, Or if you forget, we will put some pictures. pictures of it. Yeah, we definitely will. So, yeah, that was episode 34. So, and I feel really proud of ourselves because we managed to get out another one in two weeks. Yeah. And so, we're going to do another one in two weeks. Yes, right before mom takes off to Vietnam. If you ever get there with all the fraudulent shit that is happening and all the weird tricks and scams that you've had to fill out in all your canceled flights and. All yeah, that it's stuff. been something else. I'm not going to jinx it by talking about it any further. Okay, well then, sh- So, if you... <laughs> sh- maybe you should sh- have a guest star. Maybe not. Maybe we just won't do an episode for a month. Maybe maybe <laughs> Grant or Michelle would like to guest star with you. Maybe I'll just do an episode with Kiana and Kiers, and we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'll talk to... I'll talk with my three-month-old and my ten-year-old about murder. I think that's just carrying on the family, fam, family, <laughs> familial uh, tradition. So really quickly before we go, I obviously love to support local business. And this week, I actually was lucky enough to try a gigantic bag of what I'm about to tell you about. Um, but this company called Freeze Dried Goods Canada... They make, that's, this is the rage. Obviously, okay, if something's on TikTok these days, then that shit's popping, right? We already know that. TikTok is the craze. Obviously, we only made that one video and we never ever made another one again. So we're not really on TikTok, but freeze-dried goods. You guys can follow them on Instagram. It's FDG underscore Canada. But if you haven't tried anything freeze-dried... I had the strawberries the other day and oh my God. Okay, well, I had the ice cream sandwiches, the Skittles... The fruit roll-ups, the cookies, okay, all this stuff, I literally had to stop myself from going back into my kitchen and eating the rest of the bag. So they're really good. And what I found is, like, when they freeze-dry stuff, it gets way bigger. So, like, when I would normally eat a whole bag of Skittles, I only needed, like, four because they're big and they were, like, I don't know, they're just, like, such a cool texture. And freeze-drying is actually really cool because it's better than um what's the other one not freeze drying but dehydrating and stuff so dehydrating takes a lot of the nutrients out of things where freeze drying actually it's like freezing it, just, it in time like cryotherapy it just yeah it, it just like stops time like so what people they also sell are emergency prepared kits so like obviously right now all the shit in the weird shit in the world's happening so what better time for the apocalypse to probably fucking happen or an earthquake or something like that because obviously it's coming with all this other shit we're dealing with, the flash floods and the fucking fires and everything. So more than ever right now, we know it's important to be prepared. So with this one, it's like they're making kits. So it's like kits to survive for 30 days, kits to survive for and two weeks. And you can freeze dry a cabbage roll probably. Oh, I'm sure you could. So yeah, hit them up. It's FDG underscore Canada on Instagram, freeze-dried goods. Tell them Danica and Christy sent you for Murder With My Mother. And use a promo code, MWMM10. 
that's our promo code for everywhere. So get some dry shampoo for your dog. Get some freeze-dried goods. Go to Golden Triangle and get a fucking jacket. Maybe not now because it's winter. I mean, it's not winter. <laughs> maybe go get a tracksuit. They have super cute everything. And yeah, until next time. It's been real, y'all. It's been real. And P.S., the short on time, the other day I tried to make plans with my mom and she's really busy. So she canceled on me and then her excuse was, sometimes I get short on time. I get behind on time. I get behind on time. So I was like, that's the worst excuse probably in the world. So especially to the person that you gave birth to, that you're not even going to be here for their 30th birthday. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. This has been Murder With My Mother, the true crime podcast where I talk murder with my mother. Unless she's behind on time. Unless she's behind on time. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. (laughs)